The Talking Point with Kathy Mosasana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. We're live on the talking point and uh, we'll continue to keep a close eye on uh, the developments that are unfolding at the State Capture Commission of Inquiry. Of course, uh, today an important day as the former Transport Minister, Dibuo Peters, gives her version of events in terms of the corruption that was taking place uh, at Prasa and what she knew, what she didn't know and the role of the executive effectively in holding uh, some of the officials at Prasa to account and if in fact there was political interference and the extent to which that may have happened if indeed it did take place as uh, is being alleged in some of those affidavits that are before the inquiry. For now we'll turn our attention to this. The Human Sciences Research Council held a webinar and this was following the President's State of the Nation address. They're looking at policy options. Uh, This is for sustainable and equitable macroeconomic reconstruction and recovery beyond COVID-19, in particular focusing on the four key issues that the president raised in his State of the Nation address. Dr. Peter Jacobs is a research director in the Inclusive Economic Development Division at the Human Sciences Research Council. Dr. Jacobs, good morning to you. Good morning, Kathy. It's a pleasure to have you on the show today. You know, uh, it the, 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 the topic itself might sound kind of complicated. I suppose in layman's terms, what exactly is the HRSRC doing? Well, Kathy, it is the time of the State of the Nation Address, but it's also this week, it's a wonderful week of what we call the Budget Week, mm-hmm. where the Minister of Finance is going to present uh, us with the State of uh, government finances and whether the government will be able to help uh, the, the country to get out of its current economic difficulties. And so that was the focus of our webinar last week, to look into the past and to look forward into how South Africa can mount a better response on the economic front to the COVID-19 pandemic. Mm-hmm. So that was the essence. I can go into the greater details uh, in a second or two, but uh, I'll be listening to, to your questions. Sure. Let's, in fact, then begin to uh, un- un- unpack some of the issues, because when we listen to the president's plan, there was, of course, a lot of reaction. Some people looking at it and saying, well, you know, it it's still just, you know, another vision statement, a statement of intent, but really lacking on the details. And if, in fact, we have any new ideas that have been put on the table. Well, uh, yes, indeed, the the president made a lot of uh, bold statements, uh, and those statements really emanate from the the depth of the crisis, but also from the the documents uh, submitted and adopted uh, last year, specifically the economic uh, reconstruction and recovery program. And a lot of that uh, is is what we, we focused on. Why? Because I think in that program, we've got two or three very important points. Firstly, it's about growth, it's about jobs, and it's about money. Growth, jobs, and money. And if we think about that puzzle, it's the economy needs to grow faster. And I think we're all in agreement with that. Why? Because we want to create more jobs. And to create more jobs and to get the economy to grow faster, we need more money or more investment and more funds. And we know that the government has been uh, focusing on the stimulus package of uh, uh, 500 billion rands and what can you buy with 500 billion rand? So those were the, the difficult questions that we asked. So there's a lot of concreteness in that in itself. And the concrete aspect, I think the biggest buy for the 500 billion would definitely be the programs, 
highlighted by the by the president infrastructure investment in infrastructure why it's not only going to pull up growth but with long-term consequences and spill over for growth and it will also of course create a lot of jobs but under what conditions will an infrastructure spend of that huge magnitude uh, do the magic and so this for us is of fundamental importance and i think the minister of finance is going to spend quite a lot of time in the next few days on this very, very big puzzle. And we feel that this is where the concrete uh, decisions must be made. And the biggest concrete decision is it's not only on infrastructure in general, but it must be social infrastructure. Mm. And by social infrastructure, we basically have in mind two main areas of social infrastructure, schools and health facilities. And we saw what... uh, the situation of COVID-19 created in the absence of those two uh, elements. And we think that that is where the focus should be instead of just uh, a couple of roads, a couple of harbors that you fix up and so forth. I think those would be uh, huge in terms of taking in funds, but it will not deal with the social uh, infrastructure crisis. In addition to, of course, the fundamental part of human settlements, housing. And for us, those are the three areas that are big, big priorities. And uh, unfortunately, the plan is very lightweight on those and it's not making the necessary linkages Mm. of how you can get a lot of return with social infrastructural spending uh, from um, both in terms of growth as well as uh, appropriate job creation. Of course, one of the other issues that you've raised is around having policy that is based on evidence-informed solutions. And as the SHRC, I'm really interested to know, you know, when you compare this year's State of the Nation address versus what we had last year, is there credible evidence coming out of some of the programs that were implemented last year around how effective uh, they have been, around the kind of impact that they would have had in the country and therefore uh, informing what government is doing this year? Or are we sort of reinventing the wheel every time? Well, we, we're not really reinventing the wheel at all. Uh, I think we are just, just stuck. We don't know what to do. We don't even mm-hmm. have a plan to build a wheel, to construct a wheel. And that to us is the biggest biggest worry. Uh, so at the moment, we've got wonderful statements, uh, but unfortunately, these, these statements lack in, in, in content. So you take a, a simple uh, measure and, and matter of the, the 500 billion, because I think that is very important to focus on the stimulus package. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, the stimulus package has not been uh, properly evaluated. It has been sent uh, from pillar, uh, pillar to post, and we've had a lot of uh, you know statements, bold statements and rhetoric around it. But what is it that we have really been able to get on that front? So there's been zero evaluation of what has been done with the stimulus package to date, we've seen a lot of money being uh, spent, but we do know that there are other red flags and concerns. The specific red flag and concern is about how the stimulus package is going to be funded. And that red flag, the, the Minister of Finance must attend to. We've had very limited evaluation of how that can be done, except for you know vague concepts of fiscal consolidation, which is an abstract term that I, I don't think we, we fully understand, but it translates into basically cutting, uh, you know, uh, more, more expenditure in order to meet, uh, you know, budget deficit, uh, mm. you know, rules. So that is basically what, we, what we're sitting with. And there has been very little done in understanding how we can get more for that money 
uh, and also how to spend the money besides, you know, just the empty basket on what has been accomplished with this 500 billion rand. It's a huge load of money. Mm. Dr. Jacobs, of course, there are those who ask questions about whether um, the stimulus package was indeed ever 500 uh, billion rand. Of course, you've got to go greater into the details, and that is what happened at our webinar. There, we've got a very, very big paper of, you know, more than 100 pages. It will be very difficult to summarize it. That was delivered by Professor Alexis Habremia, who is a former colleague of ours and currently at the University of Johannesburg. And he's basically tried to break down the 100 billion, the 200 billion, and then the small number of smaller amounts of of money. And what, what he discovered was that indeed, uh, there's been of the, the the 500 billion, which is roughly 10 percent of our GDP, uh, rather than what you have in other parts of the world, where there have been more ambitious programs of going to you know 40, 50 percent of GDP, which means that we should have actually looked in the in the region of two and a half to th- three trillion rands in terms of of spending and and support, but we have sort of tried to curb it to to roughly 10 percent. Mm-hmm. And within that 500 billion, only about 50 billion is really going to be targeted at the three priority areas that we discussed at, at this and priority areas that will be, be the big uh, spin of social infrastructure, health education and housing and the creation of unemployment. For us, it's not about how much you spend, but it is the quality of the spend and the quality of the growth. So Professor uh, Gillard Isaacs, for example, spent a huge amount of time looking into the quality of growth and how do you create far bigger jobs, better jobs, jobs of longer-term sustainability Mm. if you focus on social infrastructural spending, which has been largely ignored. Dr. Peter Jacobs will continue this conversation after the latest news headlines. Utsile, good morning. Hashtag SAFM Talking Point. All right, so we're going to continue our conversation with Dr. Peter Jacobs. He's a research director in the Inclusive Economic Development Division of the Human Sciences Research Council. So, Dr. Jacobs, given the fact that just based on your analysis and that of your other colleagues, there wasn't much in the statement that you believe can actually be worked with in terms of developing policy for the country. You said it was quite uh, empty on the big issues. What does that do then for the finance minister who of course is supposed to come and give flesh to what has been provided by the president? The finance minister will just fall into the rhythm and the rhythm would be uh, the standard old framework and old model and this was a big debate for us as well. Uh, we don't understand uh, and, and we grappled with this quite a lot in the webinar on why uh, we need solutions for the 21st century and beyond, but we basically macroeconomic policy is stuck in the 1980s and 1990s. And this transition that needs to take place will be one of the most fundamental uh, ideas and issues to, to go forward with. So we are all uh, wanting to hear from the finance minister far more bold decisions on rethinking macroeconomic policy, rethinking these priorities and rethinking and placing greater emphasis on what is referred to as uh, the quality of growth. Professor Trigena uh, at the University of Johannesburg, which was the, who was the discussant in this pro- program last week, she emphasized the need and importance of what she calls transformative macroeconomic policy. 
And so we all want to find out whether the finance minister will indeed focus on transformative macroeconomic policy, mm-hmm. focusing on, uh, you know, how to get bigger spend for uh, uh, and bigger returns for the quality of government spending, but also the need to, to raise the, the quality and level of, of government spending. Unfortunately, I think what we're going to probably hear would be a, a, a number of kind of minor developments on the fiscal policy front uh, in terms of uh, you know government spending and taxes, minor increases probably here and there in a couple of uh, social policy domains, uh, the social grants uh, to protect and buffer some of the households against uh, what we call the impact of the crisis, especially on food security. But we also like to hear a little bit more of, of putting a little bit of flesh to the extension of the uh, employment security, the third scheme, mm-hmm. uh, the temporary employment relief scheme. Those are all measures just to buffer, but it's not, it's almost like recovery responses, but what we require is really a reconstruction plan. And the reconstruction plan that is actually missing, for that you need, you need this, uh, what we call uh, 50 or almost uh, uh, 60% of the overall GDP, not... Uh, uh, the, the, the minor 10%. Mm. But, but uh, Dr. Jacobs, we have a reconstruction and uh, development plan. Is, is that well, not enough, the one announced by the president towards the end of last year? Well, well that, so, so that, that's what the, what the webinar grappled with. We had uh, Professor Siraj Muhammad, who works in the budgetary office in parliament, who, who did a, a really uh, very clinical analysis of the mm. flow of money, the flow of finance, and he, uh, you know, re- reported that actually what uh, we're doing at the moment is we are transferring actually through that reconstruction and uh, recovery program more resources to, uh, uh, you know, foreign sources of funding and creating, uh, you know, speculative inflows and outflows of funds that will create increasing amounts of stability, in- instability. We do understand that there is uh, this black box about whether the additional money to fund the $500 billion will be coming from the IMF as a loan or will it come from the IMF as part of its standard uh, support, faci- support facility to countries in crisis in the midst of COVID-19? And uh, uh, Professor Mohammed really went into the details of this and discovered, well, actually, we don't have a solution to that particular problem and it's, it's largely incurring increasing amounts of debt. So what the Reconstruction and Development Program, therefore, in effect, will do from a finance point of view, according to... Uh, Dr. Muhammad or Professor Muhammad is essentially the transfer of more resources to those big financiers who are really interested in, uh, you know, just living off the interest that, uh, that South Africa can pay on, on the wide variety of loans. Now, that does not lead to the reconstruction of the South African economy, really mm. lead, leads more to the enrichment of the few. All right. Thank you so much for uh, joining us. It will certainly be great to have you on after the finance minister has delivered uh, his budget speech, uh, just to get the reflections on whether or not that statement aligns with uh, some of the pitfalls that have been identified by yourselves as academics and other researchers. And if, in fact, you know, it is what we need uh, to get the economy growing again, but certainly based on the reviews there, we still very much remain in trouble and as you 